Hi everyone, welcome to the MRP Tech Podcast. This is episode 170. My name is Matt, and in this episode, what I would like to do is I'm going to take a final look at Deepin Linux. I've been working with it for uh, a couple of weeks now, and I want to give my full review on what I think about Deepin Linux, and if it's something that I could use either as a uh, full-blown workhorse computer, something I would use every day, or maybe something I would use on a backup test laptop, or what uses I would have for it for any of the projects that I'm working on from time to time. So before I get into that, though, I want to tell you about another project that I've been working on. And I was able to pick up a Raspberry Pi 4, 4 gigabyte version recently. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to completely rebuild my Nextcloud install. For those of you who don't know what Nextcloud is, it's an alternative to Dropbox or Google Drive, except you are uh, storing your files locally. So it's your own home-built cloud service. Now, I had been testing Nextcloud for about three years now knowing that I would eventually like to roll it out for my business, sharing files between all the members of my organization and um, creating different users for everyone. And I really wanted to sort of test the ropes as, as, as long as I could and see how stable Nextcloud was. That happened with some issues along the way over the last three years. Uh, early on when ever it came time to upgrade to the next version of Nextcloud, I usually ran into some problems and um, my Nextcloud server would be down for a while. Uh, that seems to have ironed out for the most part. So I figured what I would like to do, um, so if when I, let me just back up a little bit. When I first started with this project, I was on a Raspberry Pi 2 uh, and I was using Nextcloud Pi. Uh, you can get that over at ownyourbits.com. So Nextcloud Pi is a very easy to install version of Nextcloud for the Raspberry Pi. So I originally built it on a Raspberry Pi 2 and when the Raspberry Pi 3 came out, it was very easy. Just take the SD card out, plug it in the Raspberry Pi 3, and you're good to go. Uh, Raspberry Pi 3 was much faster than the Pi 2. Uh, I started to see the benefits of Nextcloud. I started to see, and I started to use it a little more, but it was still slow in some cases. And so I really wasn't quite ready to put this in a production environment where um, people would be accessing this sort of randomly, not uh, super high use, but it would be random um, uh, logins here and there when people in my organization would need files. So I sort of wasn't ready to roll it out yet. With the Pi 4, I was very interested in it. I had been hearing lots of great things about the Pi 4. Um, that it was night and day in comparison to speed. We had the gigabit ethernet and I was ready to uh, try it out. So, so finally I had a vacation where I was able to uh, spend a couple hours putting uh, the Pi 4 to the test. And when I first got it, I realized that um, 
I wasn't, it wasn't going to be as easy as plug and play with the SD card. And you actually had to do a fresh install of Nextcloud Pi, uh, which I hadn't done in, as I said, about three years. So basically, uh, I had to teach myself again how to install it, which is, it's fairly simple. Um, and I, after a very short period of time, I got it up and running. And I have to say that the Raspberry Pi 4 is so much faster compared to the Pi 3 when you're running Nextcloud that I was um, originally just building it to test again. And this time I, I decided I was just going to um, do a complete fresh install and uh, start deploying this for my business. And so far it's been um, relatively flawless, I wanna say, knock on wood. Uh, I've got about 25 users for the Nextcloud uh, instance that I set up. And there's not much traffic on it right now. There's still a couple of uh, spots that um, does get a little pokey on, but um, as far as speed is concerned, accessing files is absolutely no problem. And that's basically what we're, we're doing for the most part. Uh, occasionally when loading images, it does seem to bog down quite a bit. And eventually, I would like to have this as a replacement to complete replacement for Dropbox, which is what we're using right now, and Google Drive. And I'd love to have all my stuff internally. And we'll see how that goes. Well, this right now is sort of acting as a backup to those. Uh, and, and as time goes on, it will replace uh, Dropbox and, and Google Drive. So I'm really anxious to uh, keep testing it. Um, Right now we have almost 200 gigabytes worth of data um, between my business and my own personal files. And um, this seems to be handling everything just fine. And so I wanna keep testing and, um, and see how it goes. So if you are somebody who is interested in, you know, not paying a yearly subscription to, to say Dropbox to uh, have additional storage, that type of thing. Uh, the cost out front, you know, is what you're paying for here. But once you pay for that, uh, if you have an external hard drive around, um, which most people do already, you know, you can plug it into the Raspberry Pi and use use that. So so there's pros and cons. There's more more to do. There's more maintenance on if you're if you're the one taking care of uh, Nextcloud, you have to do the maintenance on it. Whereas if you're paying the subscription, somebody else does it. So I can see the, the pros and cons of both. But for me, I'd like to have all my files internal rather than on someone else's server somewhere else. So that's that's that. So take a look at it, Nextcloud Pi, if you're interested. Very easy to set up your own cloud server. Okay, so uh, last week, what I did in the show was I told everybody that in our Discord chat room, which I would once again like to invite anyone to join. Um, I put a new section, a new chat area, specifically for show topics. And the first one that showed up was was um, was posted by Stormwatch in the uh, Discord room, and he wanted to have an update on Deepin Linux. And so that's what I have been working on the last week. I had it installed on an old System76 laptop because I was planning on uh, reviewing it anyway at one point in time, and things got away from me, and I hadn't had a chance to sit down with it for a while. 
So thanks, Stormwatch, for the recommendation. And for those of you who don't know, Deepin Linux is a Linux distribution, and you can find it at deepin.org. And uh, from their project introduction on their website, it says, Deepin is an elegant, easy-to-use, reliable domestic de desktop operating system released by Deepin Technology Company Limited. WPS Office, Skype, Spotify, and other Deepin featured applications have been pre-installed in Deepin. It allows you to experience a variety of recreational activities, but also meet your daily needs. With continually improved and perfected functions, we believe Deepin will be loved and used by more and more users. So that's sort of their mission statement on their website. So Deepin is based off Debian Linux, and I believe I'm using the current version of Deepin which off the top of my head, I think is 15.11. I could be wrong on that. I just wanted to, to make sure. And, and I, it is the, yes, it is the latest version. Okay, so in the past, when I've installed Deepin, uh, it was usually in a virtual machine on uh, one of my computers. And I would take it for a spin for 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And I really never dived into everything with it. And I never really felt like I got the full experience with Deepin. Now, one of my favorite things about Deepin Linux is how it looks. Compared to most other desktop operating systems based off of Linux, Deepin is absolutely uh, just beautiful. It, the theming is, I think, the best looking Linux desktop operating system there is. It has its own look and feel, it has its own desktop environment, and it looks very different uh, compared to most other desktop environments in Linux as well. So that has always been a plus for me when it came to Deepin itself. That's pretty much where I've stopped in the past. And I would always install it, look at it, think it was pretty, and then I wouldn't do anything with it from, from that point on. Um, that's not a fair review. And for me, I have always found it difficult to sort of navigate in Deepin. Not that it was difficult to, to, to really f work your around, way around the system, but just that it's things are in strange places that I'm just not used to being. Now, I have to admit, I'm a GNOME user. I use the GNOME desktop environment when it comes to Linux, and it's what I like. It's where I feel most comfortable. And any time that I reuse something that's not GNOME, I always, tr I always get myself in the uh, comparing it to GNOME type of mentality, which I, I don't want to do here. Uh, so I know my biases. I know my faults. But the thing about Deepin that has always seemed difficult, and I didn't have a way to, to place it, but I just didn't like the setup to it. And I didn't like the, the, the desktop environment. Um, I will say that there are two variations of the desktop environment, two modes. There's a fashion mode, which is giving, gives you all the eye candy, and there's the efficient mode. When you turn 
deepen into the efficient mode. Um, you get a taskbar at the bottom of the screen, very much like Windows 10. And even with the uh, access to the settings panel on the right-hand side of the screen that, that sort of slides out, very Windows 10-esque. So I can see if you're somebody coming from, from Windows and you've heard about how uh, nice Deepin looks, you're going to feel very at home uh, running this, especially in the efficient mode. Um, in the fashion mode, it looks a little bit more like Mac. Uh, has the dock on the bottom of the screen uh, as well. I'm not a big fan of it, I have to say. The more that I've used it... Um, I just I just can't wrap my head around certain things. Now, let me give you a couple of examples. Um, so the first thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to set up, like I do in GNOME, I wanted to set up some accounts. And in GNOME, you up at the top, you would um, hit a drop-down menu, hit the settings button, go to accounts, and then you can log into things like Google Drive or NextCloud, um, you could log into Facebook, whatever you would like to do here. And um, so I did the same thing here. And if you go to um, your settings and cloud sync, you, if you want to log into certain uh, cloud-based uh, software, you can't do it unless you're uh, in mainland China. This is only supported in mainland China. Um, now, that is not a super big deal, but being how Deepin is developed um, in China, many people have given that issues in the past. That's not what I mean by this, but having a feature that's only available in China when you have users all over the world uh, is something that... I'm not used to with Linux, to be honest. I, I'm I'm used to it, Linux being for, for everyone. Um, that's the direction that they chose to do, and that's absolutely okay. It's their, um, their project. They can do what they want with it. I just kind of found that strange, and I'm sure that there is a reason for it, and I haven't researched why that is, but um, I just, I didn't really care for that. Um, other things that I've tried to do with Deepin this week. Uh, I was working on um, a bunch of different projects at work, and instead of bringing my normal uh, System76 laptop running Pop! OS, I've got this older test laptop that um, it is a System76 laptop, and I decided to bring that running Deepin all week with me. And if I needed to do anything, uh, I was trying to use this computer. So there was a bunch of weird situations this week that I really sort of put deep into the test for me. Uh, one of them is I was taking a FEMA course uh, called ICS 100, and it's for basically um, first responders. It's for uh, what I need it for is I want to become a member of RACES, uh, ra um, Radio Amateur Communications Emergency Services, and basically you need to take these FEMA courses in order to um, become a member. So what I needed to do is I needed to connect to um, a, a WebEx um, live class, so to speak. And and uh, if you were in the Discord room earlier this week, I was giving WebEx a, a really hard time because 
Webex is like the bane of my existence. No matter how many times I've had to use Webex, there has been always issues with somebody else not being able to connect or something not working right that just wasted my time, even if it's just for a few minutes, um, every single time. So um, I wanted to see if it was going to work on on Indeepin, and it did. It worked It worked fine for, for what I needed. And uh, what I wanted to do actually was connect the audio to a Bluetooth speaker so that I could hear better because the, on this old System76 laptop, the speakers aren't that great. So again, I went into the settings and I could not find Bluetooth audio anywhere. And um, yes, I could have installed it, but this was, of course, just a few minutes before. And I figured, oh, I'll just connect it to because every um, Linux OS that I've ever used had Bluetooth pre-installed. So um, and it wasn't. So it was not pre-installed. Bluetooth, something that you could install. I just, I didn't have an opportunity to at the last minute. So that was a strike against it. Um, the other thing that I did this past week is there was something, um, that I participated in that was called uh, a hospital net. And basically every three months, you know, um, once a quarter, all of the hospitals in upstate New York do a test of their amateur radio stations. Uh, and they all uh, am- volunteer amateur radio operators go to the hospitals and what they do is they all check into this net. They all, they all, um, uh, announce that where they are, then their call signs. And basically there's a uh, test emergency message that is sent, uh, via voice and via digital radio signals. And, um, and then after that, they go back through everyone who has signed into the net and they basically say whether that or not they have received the messages loud and clear. And um, if there are any issues, they work out the issues afterwards. And it's a way to, to test the backup systems in the hospitals because these are mandated by the state of New York. So uh, in order to do the digital message part, um, there's a program called FL Digi that a lot of amateur radio operators are using to send the digital messages. And now a digital message will sound like a lot of static and it's not to be understood by our human ears. But if you're using a computer, what it will do is it will um, decipher that message and then write it in plain text for you. So it's a way to get a long message quickly from one place to the other without having somebody um, uh, keying up a microphone keying up a microphone and uh, talking and not being able to be understood. So it is very useful in case of emergencies. So uh, FL Digi is available for Windows, Mac, and Linux. And when using Ubuntu, there's a PPA for it. Uh, Debian, uh, since you cannot do PPAs, or at least it wouldn't take this PPA, um, it's been so long since I've tried on Debian, um, I, I don't believe you can do PPAs in Debian. Um, you have to download FL Digi and FL Message using a tar.bz file. And when I did this on uh, two other computers, I was able to install it in literally two minutes. Uh, using Deepin, for some reason, it stalled out completely. It took upwards to 45 minutes to an hour to um, get the 
file to be um, unzipped and and then uh, you know dot slash configure and then make and make install it took upwards of 45 minutes so there was obviously a lot of dependencies that needed to be um, figured out worked out and installed just an issue I ran into again this is this is you know something my use case okay so um, I understand that it's not the same for someone who's just using basic computing but when it comes to other Linux distros, I was able to install them in literally minutes. So ran into some problems. Um, the updating is is weird in deep in um, going into settings. There's multiple places where you can uh, update files. The the all settings panel just seems unorganized. It seems like things are just in random places. I just don't understand the layout. Um, and I'm sure with time I would get uh, more and more, but it seems to, in order to get to anything, you have to scroll through and keep scrolling to get to anything that you need in the settings. So I'm not sure. It, it looks really nice, but it has, has it, as far as it being useful, I don't know how useful it is. Now I will give a one really great compliment to deepen and that is the um, manual that comes with it uh, it is probably the number one nicest looking manual for any operating system that i have ever used and it's the most thorough as well so i spent some time reading through the the manual and it is laid out very nice um, from learning the desktop environment to learning the file manager to how to use the store how to use the system monitor the um some of the apps the terminal the list goes on um and once you click on that it is very thorough as far as learning anything that you you want to do and it's very easy to uh, jump from one thing to another if especially if you're looking just how to figure out uh, one or two things so the manual deepen from a first-time Linux user is something that I think every distro should do. And I know a lot are doing that. This one, I think, is like the, um, the staple example of what a good manual and good documentation is. And it's not overly technical. It's very simple, very easy to follow. Let's talk about this w, uh, WPS writer presentation spreadsheets um i've never used wps before and i figured it was very similar to libreoffice or you know any open office type program and another random thing happened this week as i was building uh, my next cloud server uh, I came across some, I, I, I was organized, I was into to lots of projects this week. So one of the things that I was doing was going through a bunch of really old CDs from uh, back when I was in college, uh, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. And uh, so what I decided to do is go through some of these old data CDs and see what was on them. And if they weren't useful, I would recycle them. If they were useful, I was going to uplo upload them into an old files uh, folder on my Nextcloud instance. So I created the old files folder and I came across a uh, document from 2003. And I don't recall off the top of my head what the 
it was a I don't recall uh, because it has has been converted since I installed it uh, or since I copied and pasted it here on Deepin. Um, it was an old format. It wasn't a dot doc file or anything like that. It was just a, a random uh, text file. And what it was was it was a copy of an old email that I sent out back when I first started my business back in two thousand and three, and. What I, I I kept it for sort of historical, you know, just just so that I could always come back and find it and um, I could share it someday. Well, I found this this particular email saved in this weird. It wasn't even a weird file. It was just something that was used back in the day, and I can't even recall. It might have been a dot text file. It could have been a doc. Um, I don't know what it was to be honest, and I'm not going to waste time on a show to talk about it. But anyway, WPS did not open that particular file. So I thought that was strange. And I was wondering if LibreOffice was going to, to, to open it. I, uh, sudo app install LibreOffice and a few minutes LibreOffice is installed and it opens it up. So the idea of the pre-installed software doing what I needed to do, uh, again, this is a limited use, uh, case scenario, but these open document um, pieces of software have always been noted for being able to open really old documents. In this case, LibreOffice did the job. Uh, WPS, I wasn't that thrilled with. So um, it just seemed like everything that I tried to do was 10 times more difficult in Deepin. And when it comes down to it, this is not something that I would use every day because Number one, it takes longer for me to do things with Deepin, even though it's a Debian-based system, which is kind of strange. I use I use Debian a lot um, at school. I have a Debian server there. Um, you know, I'm quite familiar with Ubuntu-based OSs that are based off Debian, and and such. But so it takes time and and takes longer to do things, and I'm not sure why that is, because in using a comparable uh, hardware, it's much faster using different OS. So I'm not really sure what's causing that. Number two, the choice of pre-installed software um, is not software that I use every day. Um, yes, you can install other things fairly easily. But again, that's that's taking time and effort. Uh, time is a big thing with me lately, and I, I have very limited time. So if it slows me down, I'm really not all that thrilled. Um, I do a lot of strange things, random strange things from time to time, and I don't want to have to sit and um, figure out what issues are, uh, whether it's downloading a tarred dot uh, bz file and um, unzipping it or whether it's using a, a web app or whether it's opening old files or whether it's just trying to update the system and trying to figure out where it is or using a, something as simple as bluetooth um, so while there are a lot of really great things about deep in linux i have to say that i'm not a fan of it and i'd not usually like that on this show. Usually I'm, I'm more positive minded and usually I'm, I try to give it the benefit of the doubt. It's beautiful. It really is. It's one of the nicest looking OSs that's out there, but it's got some issues when you really start digging deeper into it. 
the I don't want to shoot it down completely. I would not use this as a daily driver. Uh, I would not use it uh, in production. And quite frankly, um, even as a test machine, I don't have a use for it. And that's not like me. Usually I can find something to do. And I'm sure I could if I I kept it um, installed longer on here. It really is... The, the best thing going for it is how nice it looks. And some of the home-built apps, they're just like every other Linux app. So there's nothing really super exciting about the music app or the movie app or the screenshot app. Um, yes, they all work well, but so does VLC and you know so does Rhythmbox, all those types of things. The app store is like every other app store in Linux. Um, so... That's my thought on Deepin Linux, and I've been using it for a couple of weeks, kind of as a, a daily driver, and just, I'm not all that thrilled by it, to be honest, and that's kind of going to be my last um, look at it for a while, um, but if, if, if you're using Deepin, I would really love to hear some feedback. I would love to hear what you're using it for, what you do with it, what your uses are, and um Am I possibly wrong? I could be. Um, and I'd love to hear that. So so I'd love to have that discussion. You can hop in with our Discord chat. Uh, go over to mrptechreviews.com and click on the Discord button. It's free. Anybody out there is welcome to join. Um, everybody in our Discord chat is, is pretty civil. And um, I don't think we've had to uh, really bump anybody out, out of there for being uh, uh, outrageous. So it's a, it's a fun place to be. And we invite you all to stop in and, and say hello. You can also just email me, mrptechreviews at gmail.com. That's the best way to get in touch with me um, in between shows. I'm also going to try to... Um, update the show notes. I'm going to, every time I release a show from now on, I'm going to update it on the website as well. Just put the show notes up on the site. Uh, that's one thing I'd like to do to get my, my website a little bit more, uh, information out there to everybody. Um, and my website's up, but I don't usually do a lot with it. So I'd like to get a little bit more active. I'll try to try to do that. See, see how it works and kind of go from there. Um, thanks everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. That's going to do it for this week. I will see you next time.